On a weekend last summer, when my mother-in-law hosted a sleepover for our kids, my wife and I decided to enjoy a few days away in a picturesque small town in Ontario. I can't remember the names of our Airbnb hosts, but they could not have been nicer. There was no getting around the fact, though, that our accommodations were less than perfect. There was really no privacy because of the open concept entrance to their basement suite. It was cold, and we could easily hear their baby crying upstairs. In her review afterwards, my wife still gave it four stars, I think, but heard from our hosts almost immediately. They emailed back to half-plead, half-browbeat us to change the rating. Otherwise, they could risk losing their superhost status. This is probably a pretty common Airbnb story so common that it risks hurting the brand's reputation. That may be one of the reasons the company has invested in a publication that describes a much more interesting, entertaining, and even inspiring set of experiences. A publication that aims to disrupt traditional travel writing the way the company has disrupted the hospitality sector. Join me on a journey through the pages of Airbnb magazine on the Owned Media Observer. The Owned Media Observer is an exercise in applying media criticism to the branded content that takes an editorial approach to storytelling. This is a podcast for content marketers who want to do better work, for media professionals who want to size up their competition, and for audiences of all kinds who want to better understand all the new sources of information popping up everywhere around them. When I'm not making this podcast, I work as a journalist covering business and technology, and as a content marketing consultant helping some of the world's biggest brands and smallest startups influence the strategic thinking of their most valuable customers. You can find out more about me and maybe even work with me by visiting my website at shaneshick.com. Brian Chesky called it his miniature Oprah moment. On November 19th, 2016, the co-founder of Airbnb told those attending the company's annual Open Conference that he had a surprise for each and every one of them. No, not a car they could drive to their next Airbnb rental, but a copy of a new magazine taped under their chair. It was the first edition of Airbnb magazine, which it was producing in partnership with Hearst Corporation. Those in the media industry were quick to point out, however, that Airbnb magazine was not the first Airbnb magazine. Back in 2014, there was the briefly lived Pineapple, a quarterly print publication that was described by the company as, quote, a crossroad of travel and anthropology, a document of community, belonging, and shared space, end quote. After only a single issue of 128 pages, however, Airbnb mysteriously dropped the project. Skift, a travel industry trade magazine, said Pineapple had primarily been focused on user-generated content from Airbnb hosts and built upon the insider guidebooks it offered through its mobile app. It also focused almost exclusively on three cities, London, Seoul, and San Francisco. Shortly afterwards, a story in the Wall Street Journal quoted unnamed sources that said, Pineapple's budget had been slashed in favor of other marketing projects, but by the time the partnership with Hearst was announced, it sounded like the strategy had gotten a lot more internal support. 
Around the time of the launch, Hearst published an interview with its own chief content officer, Joanna Coles, who laid out a vision for Airbnb magazine that tried to set it apart from the likes of Condé Nast Traveler, Travel and Leisure, or the travel sections of most major newspapers. Quote, This is a magazine that celebrates the human element of travel. People are hungry for perspective on places from the locals who live there, Cole said. Quote, They want stories that explore the culture of places, not just the scenic views, although we'll certainly feature those too. This magazine is for those travelers and many others like them who want to see the world in a fresh and unique way, end quote. Unlike the quarterly frequency of Pineapple, Airbnb and Hearst produced Airbnb magazine six times a year. It's not free either. You can become a subscriber, just as you would to Hearst magazines like Esquire and Harper's Bazaar. More recently, though, Many of the stories that appear on Airbnb magazine are now featured in a digital version it makes available on the online platform medium.com. As for the content, well, I knew what Coles was talking about in terms of typical travel journalism. So much of it just sounds the same. The opening paragraphs that paint a picture of some lush or exotic locale, the unexpected differences in cultures, the supposedly insider tips that often seem suspiciously like product placements. Sometimes it feels like one of those genres you either like or you don't. Over the last few years, meanwhile, travel media is probably one of the areas that's been hit hardest by the rise of social media influencers, some of whom can reach an audience that dwarfs the biggest magazine circulation numbers and who can offer a multimedia experience of photography, video, and text that's tied to a specific personality. Even for a company that's become as successful as quickly as Airbnb, the success of Airbnb magazine is by no means guaranteed. I was curious about what paying it a visit would feel like. Some of the first articles I saw on Airbnb magazine would not have been out of place on a more traditional corporate blog, even if they did provide some useful information, and even if I could imagine them being published in a completely independent magazine that had nothing to do with Airbnb. This includes how to host the holidays at an Airbnb, which suggested turning the top of a dresser into a self-serve drink station to free you up to mingle more and setting up an art area steps away from the table to keep kids busy while parents linger. Other articles were more subtle in their connections to Airbnb's mission, like Seven Outdoor Adventures for Your Winter Bucket List, or A South Pole Race and Eight Other International Winter Traditions. These are opportunities to taste adventure that would likely require travel, and of course could involve renting an Airbnb depending on where you stay. Some of these stories quote Airbnb superhosts, but they don't link directly to their profiles on the Airbnb platform. This might not seem like a great business move, but it makes what you read on Airbnb magazine feel less like a glorified catalog of properties and more like a true gathering of its community of insiders and experts. Similarly, Airbnb has a separate area called hosts and homes alongside more editorially focused sections like itineraries, deep dives, 
perspectives and smart travel. The people and properties featured in Hosts and Homes, though, are very well chosen and creatively profiled. My favorites here included Alberto Bona, who not only rents out an Airbnb in the Shoreditch neighborhood in London, but creates 90-second silent films with his guests. I could actually picture my kids loving Andre Greenstein's home in Claremont, California, meanwhile, which has been set up like a mini theme park, complete with a laser tag room, a bedroom decorated like Pac-Man, and a human whack-a-mole court. Another looked at how a couple in Maine took inspiration from the horror novels of Stephen King. An ongoing series called So I Slept In showcases the truly strange properties, like one shaped like a snake in Mexico City or a cave based in a remote part of the United States. These kinds of stories accomplish several things at once. They support Airbnb hosts who probably benefit from more bookings, they show others the scope of opportunities in the on-demand accommodation sector. They also help support Airbnb's larger shift over the past few years to position itself as a platform for offering experiences and not just a place to sleep at night. All of this would probably be enough on its own to serve a content marketing agenda, but Airbnb magazine goes much further than that, publishing stories that transcend simple tourism and bring real heart to the concept of having a home anywhere. This was especially true of a long-form article called Inside Madagascar's Battle for Belonging, in which Karan Marajan looks at the challenges of local Indians, otherwise known as the Karanas, to secure citizenship, despite settling there more than 150 years ago. He discusses the issues with his driver, a Malagasy man named Zimbo, who proves less than sympathetic to the Karana's cause. Quote, When I pressed Zimbo on their precarious citizenship, he fired back that those who complained about their statelessness did so only because they want you to feel compassion. They don't think Malagasy's citizenship is a symbol of pride, so they might not be disclosing it. The issue, I knew, was far more complicated. Historically, Madagascar has had one of the most restrictive citizenship regimes in the world. Only those with Malagasy blood could become citizens. Today, naturalization is still almost non-existent. But in a populist era, Madagascar is not an outlier, but a trendsetter. In recent decades, countries like Australia, the UK, and India, which once offered citizenship to anyone born within their borders, have rolled back or tightened the practice. In October 2018, President Donald Trump suggested the United Nations follow suit to prevent illegal immigration, but also, undoubtedly, to preserve the country's current ethnic mix. The Karanas offer a troubling study in what happens when such an ideal comes to pass. End quote. <laughs> This story, which takes more than 16 minutes to read, could easily have ran in Harper's Magazine or The New Yorker or elsewhere, but it's in Airbnb Magazine, which means that it reinforces the brand's higher purpose, its why. If that weren't enough, the editors of Airbnb Magazine have also done a special issue or collection of stories about another group of people who often struggle to belong, the overweight. 
In Fat Travel, there are stories that capture touching points of view like Letter to My Thin Friend Before Our Trip and Mother Nature Doesn't Care How Much You Weigh. There's still some service journalism here, like travel tips for plus-size people, but nothing beats the feature story. It's called Welcome to Camp Thunder Thighs, where a woman named Virgie Tovar talks about how she set up the kind of getaway she always felt she couldn't enjoy with a group of other women within the Marin Herdlands on the far reaches of Sausalito, California. Here's an excerpt. We set up our meeting room to look as much like New York Fashion Week as possible with the limited glamping accoutrements we had on hand. I had asked that everyone bring an outfit that they were scared of wearing. It was the end of day two, and we'd already spent hours answering each other's burning personal questions around the fire late into the night under shooting stars, eaten possibly the best barbecue on earth together, and had seen a fair share of each other in our skivvies. Everyone had a full hour to get ready in their cabins before piling downstairs and sitting either side of the makeshift runway. Before I knew it, the first babe was on deck, i.e. standing in the bathroom slash laundry room, as the beat of RuPaul's Sissy That Walk came on. There was some hesitation, a little bit of waiting, but then she burst out, hands on hips, syncopating her sachet, before she could even step onto the catwalk, almost deafening screaming and cheering rose from every person in the crowd, flanking her on either side. They wore bikinis and crop tops, sequin gowns and mesh, slacks and t-shirts with sassy slogans. Some people sauntered, others strutted, some stripped down further than they'd planned, and some opted to walk twice. There was a complex story behind why each outfit was chosen. Some people felt vulnerable wearing a bikini for fear that others would make fun of their bodies at the beach. Others felt vulnerable wearing their favorite sweatpants to run errands because they worried their neighbors would judge them as slovenly, a fear spurred on by fatphobic stereotypes. Some craved the sensation of the sun on their stomach but had never worn a crop top in public, worried about their stretch marks. Some longed to wear pants, a departure from the hyper-femininity that they felt was foisted upon them in order to seem like a good woman. Others wore glittery gowns that were meant to reclaim a femininity they felt they'd been hiding. For three whole days, we laughed and cried. We shared life hacks and tips for self-advocacy at work and the doctor's office. We sang Disney songs from our childhood around the campfire. I felt inhibition dissipate and intimacy entered the group. Jeans gave way to shorts. Shorts gave way to two pieces. I spent the early mornings at camp alone, sipping coffee above the lagoon and thinking about how lucky we were to have found each other. There's no mention of an Airbnb property in this article, but it has Airbnb's soul all over it. This is Airbnb magazine at its best. It would be negligent, however, if I didn't point out the stories that don't appear on Airbnb magazine today and may never be there. There are the reports, for example, of scammers taking advantage of Airbnb guests, the story of an Airbnb host shooting and killing five people, the story of an Airbnb host who reportedly put cameras in the bedroom and bathrooms, and of course, there are the seemingly endless stories about Airbnb 
and its legal battles with regulators and municipalities. You could argue that these issues have no place on Airbnb magazine because the publication isn't about Airbnb so much as its community. Still, it's hard to read Airbnb magazine without these issues in the back of your mind. At least it was for me. And the complete unwillingness to address them here makes them feel like a series of elephants in closed-off Airbnb rooms. I realize that some of these challenges have no easy solutions, and some might be out of the company's control. But if you can talk about the political obstacles to a sense of belonging for the Indians in Madagascar, you should be able to talk about the obstacles to having a great experience as an Airbnb host or guest. It's not like Airbnb is sitting around and doing nothing about its problems either. According to a report on Australia's marketing magazine, Airbnb has announced plans to have all 7 million of its property listings verified by December 15, 2020. The verification will check the accuracy of listing details and images, quality standards, and ensure that Airbnb hosts have been reviewed. It is also working on a high-risk reservation screening process, a crackdown on unauthorized parties, and a neighbor hotline where those with complaints can have them addressed by an Airbnb rapid response team. These all sound like great ideas to me, but I didn't see a whisper of them on Airbnb magazine. I don't think that would be completely out of place, however. If you think about in-flight magazines, for example, which are arguably one of the oldest forms of owned media, it's not uncommon to see a note from the airline about changes to address passenger safety or service concerns before the letter from the editor. Airbnb could communicate its self-improvement plans through more traditional corporate communications tactics like a press release, but it's clearly building a strong audience with content that can be trusted. Airbnb magazine is emerging as a viable voice for the sharing economy. I hope it can find a home for all the stories the company needs to tell. If you enjoy listening to this episode, please subscribe on whatever service you use to get the best podcasts. I'm always open to feedback as well as suggestions for other examples of owned media I should critique. Send your ideas or comments my way via email at schickmedia at gmail.com or on social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. This podcast is recorded in beautiful Toronto, Canada, and is only possible thanks to all the brands that pay me to help them create content that serves the needs of their communities. This has been Shane Schick for the Owned Media Observer. Thanks for listening.